Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. 2020, the year in review, Barna, Barna's top releases of 2020. This was an article that I came across as I was doing my research. Barna's top 10 releases. He's been doing a project for the last year called State of the Church. And he listed 10 things that he discovered. I just want to share three of them with you, three of the 10. Number one, there was an article that he put out that was entitled, One in Three Practicing. Now, there's a difference between professing and practicing, okay? One in three practicing Christians has stopped attending church during 2020. The second article was number of practicing Christians has dropped 50% since 2000 to where now it's only one in four Americans. Practicing, not professing. Number three, the pandemic added to young adults' loneliness and anxiety. The younger demographic in our churches are longing for connectivity They're longing for a relationship. And it says that the pastors are struggling to find the answer. How do we do this? The younger demographic. That's why coming into this year, we felt our vision for this year should be connect to God, connect with people, and then find hope. Because it's in the church, it's in the fellowship of the brethren that we find hope. That we're able to get connected to one another and fill that void that's in all of us. The question is how to be the church in a post-pandemic world. How do we be the church after 2020 and moving forward? Let me just share some of the articles that I found on the internet. And when I Googled the church, the post-pandemic church, I just want to just share some of the articles with you. The first one read this, Churches face post-pandemic challenges and uncertain future. Uncertain future. Don't expect churches, another one said, don't expect churches to return to normal after pandemic. Third one, one in five churches facing permanent closure. Another one, the pandemic and the demise of the church. Now, when I read these things, it wasn't real uplifting or encouraging. And you sense that hell is predicting the end of the Christian church in America. Hell is predicting. We know that 2020 was a dark time. We had the COVID-19. We had the rioting in the streets. We had the storms. We had the controversy in the presidential election. It was a tough time. And churches across America took a hard hit. And now... They're struggling with how to be the church in a post-pandemic world. Hell is predicting the demise of the church. But Matthew chapter 16, it reads, and I tell you, Jesus is speaking, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He said, I tell you, I know the articles, I know the predictions of hell, I know what hell is trying to say, but Jesus said, I'm telling you, that I will build my church and hell will not prevail. 
Before hell's prophecy, Jesus decreed it, he shall not prevail. So can we just take a deep breath right now? Can we just breathe deeply that before hell made its prediction, Jesus prophesied, Jesus decreed that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not lock us in. It will not lock us out. He will not win. We know how this is going to turn out. How many believes that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world? Shavuot, Pentecost. You see, 2,000 years ago, on the first Shavuot of the church, the first Shavuot, the church was born in Acts chapter 2. And today at sunset, Shavuot 2021 begins. And perhaps, is it possible, just perhaps, it could be the rebirth of the post-pandemic church? Look, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, upper room, there was only 120 people. We have more here today than they had then. Think of the possibilities of that day and the possibilities of this day. At sunset, with Shavuot, with Pentecost beginning. Is it possible, just a question, is it possible that God could breathe again and we could experience, at least in our church, at least at this location of 2350 East Tex Freeway, is it possible that we could experience the rebirth or the restarting of our church in this post-pandemic world? Let me take your attention to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, but I want to read it to you out of my Jewish Bible, okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. The festival of Shavuot arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from the sky like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which separated and came to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, which is holy breath in Hebrew, Ruach HaKodesh, and they began to speak, they began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Now, I will address the elephant that's in the room across America it does appear for the moment that the church has had, has had its wind knocked out of it. The church has taken a gut kick. And it seems like across the nation, churches and pastors are trying to catch their breath. But I want to believe that God's going to exhale again. I have to believe that, that God's going to exhale again and the church will catch its breath and it will once again find its voice and speak. Notice this as in chapter 2 of Acts, as the Spirit enables them to speak. We have to find our voice. We have to relearn the language of God. We have to catch our breath. I believe God wants the church to be reborn. And everyone said, amen. amen. Let's title this Shavuot 2021, the rebirth of the church. God bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You gonna let me talk to you now? Undivided attention. A nation, a church is born in a moment. And that's a fact. 
A, a nation and a church is born in just a moment. Understand that Pentecost for you and I, Shavuot, is on the month of Sivan. This is the third month of the religious calendar that starts in the spring. The civil calendar is in the fall. Religious calendar, the ecclesiastical calendar, as we call it, that starts in the spring, April, 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 month of April. So when you look at the, the month of Sivan, it's late May, early June. It, it fluctuates, of course, on the Hebraic calendar. It's called Shavuot because this was the time on Mount Sinai when God gave them the Torah, gave them the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. Pentecost, of course, in the Greek means 50. This is the counting of the Omer from Passover, Exodus, Exodus chapter 12, coming out of Egypt, to Sinai, the giving of the Torah, Pentecost, 50 days later. Coming out of the, 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 the land of Egypt, coming in to their promised land, Sinai, they get the Torah, they get direction, they get instruction. This was the birth of a nation in Exodus chapter 19 and the birth of a church in Acts chapter 2. I want you to see the correlation. In Exodus chapter 19, Pentecost, Shavuot, birth of a nation. Acts chapter 2, Shavuot, Pentecost, birth of a church. Two experiences that go side by side. The traditional reading for Shavuot, as you know, is Exodus chapter 19. It talks about thunder, lightning, thick cloud, loud sound, smoke, fire, earthquake. You can read it. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, thousands of Jews were leaving the third hour of prayer, having just concluded the reading of Exodus chapter 19, only to encounter the same manifestations coming from the upper room. Acts chapter 2, sound, fire, languages. And they're walking out and they're witnessing this and they're dumbfounded. They just read it in Sunday school and now they're coming out to witness it. And it shook them up. Rabbi Joseph Hertz said this, the revelation of Sinai was given in desert territory belonging to no one nation. The divine voice divided itself into 70 tongues then spoke on earth so that all men might understand. Now that's what the Jews believe happened in, uh, in Exodus chapter 19, Sinai, that they heard a thunder. They heard thunder. But you've got to remember the word thunder in the Hebrew means voices or languages. They heard thunder on the mount. Moses is on the mount. Israel's down at the bottom. They hear thunder. And it means voices and languages. And we have an example of that, a confirmation of that in the Gospel of John. Because it says, a voice came out of heaven saying, this is my son, a voice came out of heaven, and the people said, oh, it thundered. God was speaking about Jesus, and the people standing there said, oh, well, we heard thunder. Again, the same experience that they had in Exodus chapter 19. Thunder, voices, and languages. The Jews believe, Mount Sinai, there were voices that were released on the mountain that was able to preach that gospel, to give that word, to all the nations that were represented at that time. And then you come in the book of Acts and you find that again on Shavuot, there's thunder or there's voices and the nations were there in Jerusalem for the feast and it lists them out in the book of Acts and they heard the message in their own language. I want you to see the correlation between these two experiences. So we see that the significance of Pentecost is the birth of a Jewish nation and the birth of a Christian church. 
Exodus chapter 19, verse 1. On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt on that very day, say that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. They call this Rosh Kodesh Sivan. Rosh Kodesh Sivan. Jewish tradition says that that wording, that very day, it refers to Rosh Kodesh Sivan. That's what they call it, that very day, Rosh Kodesh Sivan. You see, in the Hebrew, Rosh Kodesh means head of the new moon, the beginning of the month, something new, a new beginning. Sivan is called the month of revelation because it was the giving of the Torah. So whenever they say Rosh Kodesh Sivan, what they're saying is, it's the beginning of a new revelation. So in Exodus chapter 19, Mount Sinai, it's the beginning of a new revelation. They get the Torah, the 10 words of God. In the book of Acts chapter 2 on Shavuot, they get again a new revelation. It's the beginning, a new revelation. It's a fresh start. How many believe that the church needs a restart? How many believe that the church needs a new beginning? The possibilities of that lie within this time that we're in right now. The feast of the Lord, this time of Shavuot. It is the new beginning. You see, Isaiah 66 and verse 8 reads, Can a nation be brought forth in a moment? When God again asks a question, he's not looking for information. He's trying to help us understand. The obvious answer to that is yes. A nation can be born in one moment, in one day. God can give birth to a nation. In Acts chapter 2, verse 2 again. And the Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Do you understand that suddenly in one day the church was born? One day the nation was born. One day the church was born. I say that because on the day of Rosh Kodesh Sivan, or on the day of Pentecost, everything can change. Everything can change. Do you understand that? Do you understand the suddenlies of the Lord? The suddenlies of the Lord. I was doing some research and I, I came across a preacher and he was, I, I clicked on a, 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 his message. I'm just listening to him. He's talking about salvation and just, it, just talking about the word of the Lord. And I hadn't seen him in a long time. And so I just clicked on to see what he was saying and just getting caught up with this guy. And he was just talking about salvation and just, he's, he was asking the question, do you remember the day you got saved? Do you remember where you were? And I was thinking, yes, I do. I know the date. I know the place. I know roughly the time. I even know what I was wearing. I even have it in my, I can remember the shirt that I had on when I was born again. And in that, suddenly, everything changed. I remember a week later when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, everything changed. I remember when God called me to preach. Suddenly, everything changed. I remember these things. These are mile markers that mark us, that change us forever. They're suddenly. Do we understand that in one moment, everything can change? Everything can shift if we pay attention to what the Lord is doing. You see, the suddenlies of God spring from a season of tarrying. Jesus said to the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem until there's a suddenly. The suddenlies of God come from a season of us patiently waiting, expecting, looking for. 
I said it to you here a number of weeks ago that in my lifetime, I may never see what we call a sovereign move of God, but I will not stop pursuing it because it's in the pursuing that I find him. The pursuing is probably as, as important or more important than the actual destination reaching that. It's the journey that matters. My hunger for him, my experiencing his presence, my going after him, giving him my heart and my life, being hungry for him. We as a church are always looking for God to move in our services for the sake of people, to see people's lives transformed and turned around. Listen, we are a people that believe in the suddenlies of God, the Kairos moments where we watch the, 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 the chronological time. We're always watching, okay, we know what time to start. We know roughly the time we're going to get out. But in the midst of all that, we're always looking for that Kairos moment where God interrupts our time, our schedule, and God begins to move because it's in that moment that things begin to happen. Things change in a suddenly. And so we look over this last year and we realize that we need a suddenly and just a moment a moment everything can change just in a moment one touch of his hand and everything changes we have to understand not only the the relationship or the 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 correlation between Exodus chapter 19 and Acts chapter 2, but I want to pull your attention to Genesis 11 also. Genesis 11, verses 1 through 9, I'm going to paraphrase it. This deals with the breaking of the curse of Babel. Um, when you look at Genesis 11, you find that man spoke with one language in order to make a name for themselves, and they built a tower to reach up to the heavens. God saw their pride, he saw their unity, and the power of that. So he confused their language and scattered them across the earth. So God comes down, he sees their, their pride, their unity, they speak with one language, so he confuses them and he scatters them. Okay. I want you to see the contrast between Babel and Pentecost. At Babel, man tried to reach heaven. At Pentecost, heaven came down to man. At Babel, man tries to exalt his name. At Pentecost, God's name is exalted. At Babel, God confuses the language and scatters man. At Pentecost, God empowers the language and unites the church. I want you to see this. While the Tower of Babel separated mankind through the language of the flesh, Pentecost united mankind through the language of the Spirit. Their pride. They were trying to make a name for themselves. And so God had to confuse and God had to scatter them across the earth. 2020, year in review, Barna's top 10 releases of 2020. Let me show you number 10. I gave you three earlier. I want to just give you one more, number 10. This was an article, a teaching he released. It was, it was, it was titled, Christian Millennials are most likely generation to lean towards charismatic worship. This one caught my attention. The most likely. Now, there's a graph that he has that's called the importance of weekly faith practices by generation, okay? It talks about worship through song and praying aloud are seen as the central practices. 
Elders, the older generation, consistently ranked the importance of a range of weekly worship expressions more highly, except when it comes to Pentecostal or charismatic act of glossolalia, or what is more commonly referred to as praying in tongues or prayer language. Meanwhile, over one-third, 36% of the millennials, they believe that this is a very important expression that should be done weekly. Look at that. Only one in five Gen X, 14% of boomers, and 6% of elders saw the same. 36% of the millennials, 36% of the millennials believe that this charismatic experience is something that should be expressed or experienced on a weekly basis. The elder generation, only 6% felt that way. 6%. Through the years, somehow we've lost something. But this younger generation that's coming up is saying we're hungry for an experience. We're hungry for this glossy lalia, this charismatic experience. We're hungry for this. Another graph he used was called top pressure points mentioned by pastors. During the pandemic, pastors' number one concern, you'll see at the top of the list, was maintaining unity in the church. Number one concern, maintaining unity, dealing with conflicts and complaints within the church. That was their number one concern. The younger generation recognized the need for what we call Pentecost. The younger generation says, we need the presence of God. We need this experience. Pastors are concerned with maintaining unity in our churches and deal with conflict. There was an article put out by the Christian Chronicle that said, the virus hit us where we ain't. The virus hit us where we ain't. Satan used Douglas MacArthur's strategy to divide us. After a year of COVID-19, how can we reunite? Instead of attacking well-defended positions, MacArthur selected highly defended objectives during World War II Pacific Theater. Bypassing hard targets in favor of soft targets, MacArthur suffered relatively few casualties. During 2020, Satan hit us where we ain't. So the article was just addressing the fact that during 2020, with all the stuff, COVID, uh, rioting, storms, the presidential election, the enemy came in and he found the weak places within the church and he struck there. And so we got divided over wear a mask, don't wear a mask. We got divided over black and white. We got divided over Democrat and Republican. We got divided over these issues. We allowed the evil one to come in with the spirit of Leviathan and twist things and get brothers to turn on brothers. Sisters on sisters, people leaving churches. The enemy came in and hit us where we ain't. He hit us where we were soft targets. He hit us. He hit us where we ain't. And we as a church in a post-pandemic world, we have got to wake up to this and realize that we have got to get back. We have got to get back to the one thing, and that is the unity of the Spirit. We've got to get back to this. This is our hope. This is our answer. The millennials have said it. We have got to get back to this charismatic experience. We need God in our services. Ephesians 4, Paul said, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
This is the hope that we have. The answer to the confusion of Babel, the answer to the division of 2020, the answer for the church today in 2021, the answer for a post-pandemic world, the church, the answer is the possibilities of Pentecost. The possibilities of Pentecost. Birthing of the church then and rebirth of the church now. Unifying of the church then, reunifying of the church now. The church finds its voice then, the church rediscovers its voice now. Then they spoke as the Spirit empowered them and enabled them. Now the church can speak again as the Spirit empowers empowers us or enables us. We can do this, but we need Shavuot once again. We need Pentecost. We need this encounter. How to be the church in a post-pandemic world? Maybe, just maybe, in this season we're in, Holy Spirit wants to give us a new language. A new language. I get it. In a post-pandemic world, church is going to change. New wine takes new wineskins. And everybody said amen. So we, as a community of believers, we've got to adjust to where we are as a nation. We're going to change our methods, but keep our message. And we, we have to do that, and I yield to that. But we have to realize that as we're changing, as we're shifting, as we're moving forward, perhaps just like on the day of Pentecost over 2,000 years ago, he gave them a new language. Perhaps now we need a new language. We can't do this in the arm of the flesh. We have to do this in the arm of the Lord. We need Holy Spirit to breathe on us again. I need to learn a new language, but it has to be the language of the Spirit. It can't be the language of the flesh. And we saw that at the Tower of Babel. We saw that. You see, in Genesis eleven nine, 9, it said, therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. The word Babel means, in Hebrew, get this, confusion by mixing. You see, mankind's language that once spoke of Elohim, their creator God, now was polluted with pagan practices. Man that spoke one language and that at one time spoke of Elohim out of that garden experience. Elohim is our creator God. They knew him as Elohim. They spoke of him. Their language was of Elohim. But through the years, mankind became polluted and they picked up pagan practices. And God said, this can't be. And so he steps in, confused their language, and he scatters them across the earth to weaken them, to dilute them, to spread them out. They were trying, they were putting their trust in the arm of the flesh. And they needed to put their trust in the arm of the Lord. Is it possible that the church in America, we got too proud? Is it possible that we said, we're going to build a tower and make a name for ourselves? Is it possible that we learn how to do church instead of being the church? 
Is it possible? I'm just asking questions. And some of you may leave here today irritated with me, but leave here irritated, but knowing that I love you enough to tell you the truth. That is it possible that in America, somehow we've drifted too far. And American marketing, pagan practices, have, have wormed its way into the church to where now we're just, we're more about performance than we are about presence. Is it possible that pagan practices have come in and now we're like the Tower of Babel and God had to step in? I'm not saying that God causes the pandemic, but I'm telling you God will allow it and God will use the pandemic. Is it possible that through all of 2020, somehow something happened in America to get the church's attention? So God confused our language because we have all the articles, seven steps to success, 12 keys to a large church, mega this, mega that. Is it possible that God allowed, allowed it to happen, to confuse, to confound, to scatter? So that now we're forced to come back and deal with this issue. Because of the mixing, God confused them. But there's hope because of the possibilities of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2 verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Enabled them. The word enabled there in the Greek, means to speak by inspiration. Inspiration. Remember, Exodus chapter 19, Sinai, 10 words were given. The Torah. The word Torah in the Hebrew means instruction. So, on Mount Sinai, they're given, there's the birth of a nation and the giving of instruction. In Acts chapter 2 on Mount Zion, there is the birth of the Christian church and inspiration was given. Instruction, inspiration. Think of this. The birth of the church on this Pentecost. I want you to know that we can break the curse of Babel. Whatever 2020 did, I don't know about you, and maybe it's just me, but since 2020 with all of it, pandemic, rioting, storms, election, all of it, ever since then, the atmosphere has never felt right. It's like with the pandemic that came in, there was something, there was something regurgitated upon this nation. There was, a, there was a nastiness that came, and it still doesn't feel right. But I'm here to tell you that through the power and the possibilities of Pentecost, we can break the curse of 2020. We can break the curse of Babel. I'm here to tell you that on this Pentecost, we can rebirth the church. We can unite the brethren. We can relearn the language of God and we can find inspiration to change the world. He gave them instruction at Sinai. He gave us inspiration at, at Mount Zion. I believe on this Shavuot, we can be inspired. How many is looking for inspiration again? Yeah. Pastors, 
churches across the nation are struggling to, f- to find their way forward. And I want to tell you something, guys. I'm sorry. I don't believe going to a conference and getting the seven steps to success is going to fix where we are. If I thought it would, I'd load up this group of staff and I'd haul them to wherever it was and I'd say, sit there for eight hours a day for five days and learn what they teach and let's go home and fix this mess. But it's not going to do it. No book I can read. No conference I can go to. No, no teleconference I can, I can watch. There's nothing I can do. It's not going to fix it. Pastors across the nation are struggling. Their articles are going out, the demise of the church. One in five churches are closing. Christianity's dying in America. It'll never be the same. We can never go back. Hell is regurgitating that on this nation, predicting our our demise and our undoing. But Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, he prophesied and said, listen to me. I'm telling you in advance. I'm prophesying in advance that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not how to be the church in a post-pandemic world how to be the church my heart has been so heavy for over a year now On Tuesday, March the 10th, in a staff meeting, I told the staff, I said, guys, listen, we've heard about the COVID-19 in China. There's a case, I think it started, there was one in New York, there was one over, I think it was in Seattle. And I said, we're, we're hearing about this. And I said, guys, we need to start talking today about what we're going to do as a church if this thing hits here. That Sunday, we shut down on the 15th for the first time. For the first time, we had to shut down. Been over a year ago. Little did I know it would be just one hit after another. Just hit after hit. COVID-19 dividing our churches. Racial divide hitting our churches. The presidential election hitting our churches, and yes, the prophets. The division that came in this church and other churches about what do you do with the prophets? Why isn't pastor preaching what the prophets are saying? Division. Brother against brother, sister against sister. People turning on their pastor. The curse of Babel. But I'm here to tell you that we can break this thing. And when I was digging this out, and I came across this article, over one third of millennials believe glossolalia is an important expression that should be a weekly part of their worship experience. When I read that, I said, there's, there's hope. 
because new wine takes new wineskins. And we can do this. I can work with that. I can work with that. I got this. That was like the open doors, like a, the break. The little light was coming through. 36% of the millennials, I, I can work with that. If they believe that this needs to be a part of our weekly experience, I can work with that. I find hope in that. Because Genesis chapter 11, again, the Tower of Babel. Now, this is a principle that applied then and applies now. They had one language of the flesh. Acts chapter 2, one language of the spirit. Same principle. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. If they, with one language of the flesh, could provoke that kind of response from God, what could one language of the Spirit provoke from Him now? There's nothing, there's nothing that we propose or purpose or plan to do that we can't do. There's nothing, there's nothing that we can't do. If the church would come back to Shavuot, Pentecost, the rebirth of the church, the restarting of the church, and not do it in the arm of the flesh, but do it in the arm of the Lord. To come back to the basics, the basics of just getting back to, just the basics of worship and the Word and prayer and Holy Spirit. Getting back to the basics of preaching the cross and the blood. Getting back to the basics. Just getting back. And then learning a new language of how we move forward in a post-pandemic world. I'm here to tell you that if we'll relearn how to speak the language of God, which means we speak from the Spirit, if we'll relearn the language of God, Jesus said to the disciples, when you come before men, don't worry what you'll say because at that moment, Holy Spirit will give it to you. Inspiration. It's time for the creativity of Elohim, the creator God. It's time for the inspiration of Holy Spirit. It's time for the rebirthing of the church. It's time for us to move forward, but moving forward under his inspiration, under his leadership. As the book of Acts said, they found their voice and they spoke as the spirit enabled or inspired them. It's Shavuot 2021, and I'm calling for the rebirth of the church. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.